Is this thing on? Okay, I think it's working. All no. right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a uh, slightly different version of the Maybe I've Said Too Much podcast. Uh, for those who don't know, um, and you won't until I say so, we've been recording an episode for the last three Seven days now. Years. Don't tell people that. <laughs> so, But... The internet, for some reason, is not saving these things, so we're trying new software and a whole new way of doing this, so instead of having a, a structured podcast, we just decided to start talking because we're not even sure if it's going to save it anyway. Wait, you guys had a structured <laughs> podcast? What? You can shut up forever. No, I'm just <laughs> For those of you that are just joining us, that's... Uh... Way. <laughs> Introduce me before you tell me to shut up. Where are your manners? <laughs> yes. This is going to sound like a new conversation, but we're all best friends at this point. So, um, all right. So, I'm Mike. You guys know Izzy. You know Joel. We have a special guest with us, and we have done a warm welcome for her on a number of occasions. Um, and just none of that is saved. So, I would like for all of you to take a moment and warmly, gleefully, and joyfully welcome Jesse of I Jessup Make Things. And Jesse, say hi. Hello. Now you can tell her to shut up. No. <laughs> I just want to point out that Mike said special when she introduced when he introduced Jesse, and that would be very true. She is very special. I feel like That's I'm like getting it. insulted. No, 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 not at all. Never. Don't don't be Stop. ridiculous. Stop licking the windows. All right, so yeah, now like I said, we've we've actually recorded a podcast. This is the third try at this, um, and again, the the software we're using for whatever reason doesn't work. And I'm going to choke Phil Pinsky unconscious the next time I see him because he's the one that recommended it to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what's Bill great Pinsky. about this, and I have to tell you is is uh, normally I'll have just like a bourbon while we talk. I'm on like my sixth. <laughs> so. Just recording for nine and a half hours now. <laughs> One week. Hang on. Let me let me just do this because uh, Phil, we've we've been trying really hard to record a podcast, <laughs> and it's it's been a- really hard, and it's it's taken a lot of patience. That's pretty appropriate funeral music. <laughs> I didn't say kill. I just said I was going to choke him unconscious. I'll bring him right back. So, he's so little, gorgeous, little, too. Little mouth-to-mouth so mouth with Phil, are you there, Mike? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that guy? Jeez. Yeah. So, um, but anyway. Bad advice. So the, the topics we, we've covered in the, the last 15 episodes we've done have been uh, wide-ranging, um, all kinds of things. But uh, and, and Jess, I know you're tired of telling everybody your background, but it, if you wouldn't mind, <laughs> could you do it again? Don't, <laughs> for don't forget, who, <laughs> for, for the folks me. just joining us. And yes, don't forget for the, to include the part about the short bus. Yeah, so... Uh, Jesse of I Jessup make things. Um, so yeah, just a little background. I feel like I feel like I know it, but <laughs> let's probably say it better than I can at this point. <laughs> yes, please tell the folks uh, all the things that you you should have a concated version of it by now. I mean, this is the fourth time you've given. It. <laughs> you know, I never so. get any better at it. It's it's one of those things I'm I'm striving for perfection. A eh, Izzy. Anyways. Mm. <laughs> So, already okay <clears throat> oh, this is going off the it's four minutes in we're already off the rails <laughs> all right so history in brief so, but somebody's not making out of this podcast alive and i'm sorry to interrupt you again jesse do it do your <laughs> you thing you are not <laughs> can, can we mute him oh, God. we can but it, it, who knows if it's recording him anyway so <laughs> that's true um, this will never air no one will ever hear this doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, this i mean our podcast we might have already recorded our last episode i mean <laughs> who knows that's so true. but um no actually so uh, we were talking uh in the previous nine tries at this um one of the topics that we kind of came up with that um i thought was interesting and we'll try to do this like we haven't already had the conversation but just um so we talked about, you know, everybody here is a perfectionist. They all want to do their thing. And Izzy loves that term. Um, so, but just sort of who is the, um, you know, if you're a perfectionist and to some extent that can be very debilitating, 
you know, just never wanting to get a thing moving forward or nothing's ever good enough to kind of publish or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, my thought on that, and this again from one of our previous conversations was just the people that you're playing to don't have the same standards that you do. And I think it's really easy to kind of lose sight of and, and who your audience is for things and, and who you're developing things for and, and just kind of, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. What does all that look like? Um, you know, and I, and I think that to some extent, the that that feeling of perfection and that feeling of having to, you know, be great and do the right things and sort of all that stuff. I mean, we just we build that up in our own heads and nobody else has any expectation of that from us. And I think, you know, and, and you were talking a little bit about that, um, Jesse, on the previous nine episodes. So this <laughs> Like I think you just insulted our our eleven listeners by saying that their standards aren't as high as ours. Yes. <laughs> well, now I, that we've got that covered, um, yeah. Well, yeah, we try we, to alienate the audience as much as possible here, Jesse. This is just the uh, just how we do. I mean, I feel alienated, and I'm not even you know technically your audience. Well, not today. Our job is done here. Oh no! Somebody, please take that button away from him. Yes, this has a soundboard, so and I plan to use it. <laughs> so, uh, but, so um, yeah. So one yeah, of the, so, one of the things that we talked about on our previous <laughs> episodes that will never air uh, was, um, you know, I'm I'm a perfectionist, and uh, I kind of accidentally became a content creator on YouTube. And by accidentally, I mean, I went to work for my brother and he said, you're starting a YouTube channel. And I said, no. And he said, yes. And I said, okay. <laughs> so that was fun. But um, mm-hmm. he actually gave me some really good advice. And, uh, and he's throughout the years, he has been one of my biggest supporters of anything I do. He's always pushed me to push myself because I fall back on, oh, I don't know how, so I'll never try because it'll never be perfect. And um, he told me that if you think of your builds as, you know, something, if you think of your target audience, which mine is people who have never used power tools before, or maybe have a power tool and used it to, you know, hang a picture frame or something. If that's your audience, then whatever you do, is fine. It doesn't matter. Like the only thing you need to do is start doing things. So make something, put it out there. If you don't like it, do better the next time. And uh, he he's always been really yeah, good at that. The the thing is, is you've got. Well, and just the thing I was going to say is, I mean, you never know why people are, you know, for for YouTube or even you know podcasts or that you never know like the thing that's going to hook people or why people are listening or paying attention. I mean, I started watching Izzy's channel just because he doesn't wear sleeves. I mean, listen, that's <laughs> creepy and it's my own fetish and I don't need you judging me, but, um, you know, you just don't know what that thing is. It's going to hook people and keep their attention, you know, and it's like people talk about viral videos all the time. It's always the thing that you didn't think was going to take off. That is all of a sudden the most popular thing you do. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, but, um, you know, I mean, like we talked about a couple of other podcasts and things, you know, Joel's got all these ideas and prototypes and things that, that he's working on and constantly working on and, you know, just, just looking to bring to market and how does he integrate all of those things? And, and, um, you know, where does all of that go? You know I mean? It's just that the, the energy around all of that, what do you do with it? You know, there's I mean? always, a, <laughs> there's always a question of, am I good enough? You know, it's, you look at yourself and you know, all your weaknesses, you know, them by heart, you study them every day, you know, they're staring back at you and, uh, but the world doesn't see it that way. The world sees what you make. And, and usually when you look at somebody and say, oh, that's, that's really nifty, or that's a great take on something I've already seen, or that's a really good attempt at making something, you know, the world's. I think a little bit more forgiving than we give ourselves. Uh, and it, it becomes a little paralyzing, uh, figuring out how to, how to, how to do those things. But to be honest with you, when we started our business, um, you just, you jump in and, and you have to, because, um, you, you can't have more of nothing. 
You just have to keep adding, whether that's content or products or, or services or, or um, your hobby. You just have to keep making, and there's, it's the only fix for it. There's no other, there's no other advice that works, like, like stop being a perfectionist. You can't, well, you're a perfectionist. That's what you do. You mm-hmm. look at something, you see the 22 flaws. Well, somebody else looks at that and they see the one really beautiful thing about it. And that's all that matters. Um, yeah. So the end result is you have to just make. And I guess that's that's both my problem and my solution. Well, and, and just a little, go ahead, Dizzy. I'm sorry. I'm just, you know, we've been talking about this now for a few minutes. And of course, we were talking about it prior to this. <laughs> and my two cents is I hate, I hate perfectionists, not perfectionists, but perfection. I think it is one of those things that it is, it's, it's like the crutch or the, it's like the guy you see, you know, paralyzed at like a board on a board leaning against the wall, just paralyzed by the fear of failure, failure. And I think especially in the world, because the world is imperfect. If we show our imperfections, what we're doing on YouTube, how we make our videos, that kind of thing, people appreciate that and i think it probably even draws them to us a little bit because they connect with that because they are not perfect nobody's perfect in fact the only perfect thing in this world is imperfection itself you know that's the only thing we're ever going to get right we are never going to get everything exactly right i've i've built thousands of pieces of furniture in my life hundreds and hundreds of jigs and not a single one of them was ever exactly the way i wanted it not a single one of them was ever perfect but they were, some of them were pretty damn amazing, you know, and it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't need to be this flawless thing. It, everything doesn't have to be just so, uh, you know, it, it has to be you. It has to be what you are, who you are. And that's what you put out in the world. If you're making YouTube videos or if you're building a piece of furniture or if you're making widgets, that's part of you. Just put it out there in the world and let the world, you know, see it. And I, I think, you know, I have made a career out of just jumping in and I, I failed a thousand times, but I succeeded a bunch of times too, because I didn't have that fear of, Hey, this has got to be flawless before I put it out there. I'm going to put it out there. And you know what? People are going to tell me what things they like about it, what they don't like about it. And I can make improvements based on those things. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Oh, freaking well. I, there's, you know, another 20 things that needs to be done anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't be afraid of that. And that's, that's one of those things that really kind of, I, I hate it because it, it drives people to say things like, I'm not a woodworker who really are woodworkers. Or and it drives people to say things like, oh, I can't do that because I don't have this or this or this, or I don't have, you know, I don't know how. Um, and for me, that's, it's just that thing that paralyzes people from taking that next step from saying, you know what, this is a good idea. Let me try this. Let me show people what I'm doing or let me, you know, show some people that I built this thing and see what they say. Don't, you know, don't let that, that, that need for, you know, that ideological perfection, uh, to stop you from just trying something, you know, and and not every day, never, not every video, not every idea, not every build has to be this, you know, great thing. Um, it just doesn't, and it, it shouldn't be. Uh, because that would that would alienate the you from the entire world if it was. You ready well, for I, your I think... bumper sticker moment? <laughs> Please. On on my on my uh, monitor, I have a piece of masking tape, and on it because that's where I do most of my design work. It says, "Good is good enough." Mm-hmm. I would go further to say, "Trying is good enough," or "Doing your best is good enough." You know, it just. Uh-oh, are we giving out participation trophies in woodworking now? Because uh, I'm, I'm going to cry. Just a only bit. for people that use pocket holes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are a so. pocket hole. Um, no, I, I mean, one of the things I mean for me is I always think of, um, I just think about your friends, right? I mean, like the people that you have in your life that, you know, no one's perfect. I mean, everybody's got flaws and inconsistencies and things, and, and you just kind of bypass those. I mean, it's just part of, you know, you don't have an expectation of everybody in your life is going to be perfect or do perfect or, um, you know, because they just don't, you know, I mean, people are, people are terrible. I mean, it's just, you know, they just, they're always, somebody will always let you down. I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's, there's always that, but. Um, well, that's to me, that's what so, makes YouTube. That's what makes podcasts. That's what makes all this stuff that we are, you know, socially intertwined with so 
interesting and so cool is that it is just human it's not mm-hmm. you know it's it's not so overproduced that it that it's this perfect thing it's not so overproduced that it, you know you could put it on a cbn or an nbc tv show it is humans being human doing what they love having a good time doing it and teaching other people to do the same or to inspire other people to get off their butts and go mm-hmm. try something yeah and being able to see just some you know, random idiot do practically anything online is, you know, that's, it's, it's motivating to a lot of people. So well, it's, yeah. it's like one of the reasons I enjoy Jesse's video so much is because I can watch her. She's, you know, she's traveling a journey. I started, you know, 25 years ago and, you know, she's doing these really cool things and she's got a lot better ideas than I ever had when I started out. You know, her ideas are really cool. They're very, you know, like I was, I, I say, you know, especially with her and her brother, they have their finger on what is now. You know, they they kind of understand the style and the design and the 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 interest of of what's happening now in the world, and um, and they kind of revolve everything they do around that, and and they gear a lot of their projects towards people who would maybe not feel empowered to go out into the world and and buy a skill saw and a two by four or some plywood and try and build a project for themselves. But they're out there; they're empowering those people. And, you know, maybe what their processes aren't exactly perfect, or maybe they don't, maybe, you know, Jesse doesn't have all this experience, but that's what makes what she does so appealing to so many people is that it is that it's it's because, you know, it is not perfect. It is exactly what it is. And, um, you know, that's for me, that's what's inspiring for me. That's what really draws me to stuff like that. It's like, this is this person who doesn't have, you know, 25 years of woodworking experience and doesn't have all these really amazing tools and doesn't have access to, you know, this great shop space. And it doesn't matter. She's out there kicking butt and taking names and building these cool things, you know what? And people are, it's, it's, it's working. People are coming, they're watching what she's doing and she's doing some really fun stuff. So mm-hmm. hats off to Jesse. Thank you. Um, Jesse, I- how long have you been doing the, uh, the build and, you know, YouTube thing? and all that stuff. Uh, just about two years now. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I. Um, Man, it was it was five years until I got to uh, traffic cones. <laughs> Some of us are late bloomers, though. That's okay. Uh, Jesse, you're never going to get through another. Yeah, you're, you know you're never going to get through another podcast without talking about a conehole table, right? You know that. Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, the second that I decided to record myself saying conehole, um, I realized it it would be, you know, that that's just basically how I'm known now. It's Jesse Jamie Sanchez Page, this is the point where you need to make the meme. <laughs> but um, one, one thing that this was reminding me of was... Uh, um, I, I try to remember where I'm at at any given moment. Um, so when I, back when I used to be a classical violinist, um, I got some really good advice from a girl I knew. And um, I was telling her that, you know, it was so hard for me because I never felt like I was good enough. I never felt like I was playing the way that I should. It never sounded right to me. And she said, well, who, who do you listen to? you know, which violinist do you listen to? And I said, well, I listen to Itzhak Perlman because he's the best. And she goes, well, there's your problem. He is literally the best. Like, you know, and there are still things that he's learning and and progressing with, but at this moment, he is the best. And you are comparing yourself to him. You know, aside from the fact that he was a child prodigy and spent his entire life practicing this one instrument, you know, how am I supposed to compare with that? And uh, she actually, her her um, <laughs> her fix for that was she gave me a CD by a man named Sandor Vague, who is another violinist. And he, technically, he is not as good. You can hear the mistakes. You can hear his bow skip across the strings. But he plays musically, and it is beautiful. And she said, if you're going to strive for something, Strive to be musical rather than technical. And I think that that's kind of an important, you know, milestone in my life because I still struggle with those ideas, you know. Well, I struggle with ideas because I'm not used to having to come up with ideas. But um, 
I struggle with myself trying to make everything be perfect when I am not even close to a level where I could begin to think about making things perfect. I'm just at the beginning. And so if I can focus on making things that are attainable to my audience, something that will be interesting to them, something that they could build themselves, then that's really all I need to do. And like Ben says, as long as one side looks good for photographs, you're golden. <laughs> Is that... It's all about hiding the sin. <laughs> well, the truth is, like, you know, everyone, especially when you're a beginner, when you build things, things don't come out exactly how you want it. And maybe you cut on the wrong side of the line or maybe your your cuts aren't straight, which mine never are. And then you have to sand a lot. Um, the idea of of how to build it is still the same. It just takes practice. So, you know, I could build something like my cone table. Those edges don't all meet up. But the idea is sound because if you can cut a straight line, yeah, they'll match it perfectly. If not, then do what I did and just sand it for like three hours. <laughs> well, and that's, I mean, woodworking is actually a really good, um, you know, if you have the perfectionist disease, woodworking is actually really good because even if you get it all lined up and glued in place and nailed up, I mean, wood moves. So, I mean, you know, it's a, as soon as you, as soon as you leave it for 10 minutes, it's going to change on you anyway. So, you know, yeah. it's only going to be perfect in the moment if you're, if you're able to get it perfect to begin with, you know, so it's like, it's the, the ultimate cure for uh, that perfection disease is just, you know, get into woodworking because you know, you're going to build something, walk away for 10 minutes and come back and it's just going to be a sideways again. And there's, there's not I, a damn thing you can do about it. Can I confess so, something? Please do. If this is about the cheerleader outfit, we did that in the episode before. No, no, no. This is unfortunately uh, nothing so demure. Um, I don't think I've ever made a miter joint that's actually worked. I don't think I've actually gotten... I don't don't think we're we're ready for that level of confession. I know. I, I don't think I've ever put four miters together to create, you know, four 90 degree angles like in a frame or something, without having to tweak the ever-loving crap out of it. Wait, just one second. Can you go back and tell that story again? (laughs) (laughs) It was a sad day. So, Joel, are you going to confess something? Please. It's my miter. It's it's my miters. Pour your heart out. No, it's 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 one of those it's one of those weird things. I'm I'm supposed to be a semi accomplished woodworker, and I still can't make a picture frame. You know, it's it's just something I've never you know it's I haven't put much energy into because I'm not known for my picture frames. You obviously, need buy, you need to get a miter set, Joel. Uh, apparently, apparently, Did a straddle have, square and a miter a CNC set machine and a laser. <laughs> I mean, you really should be able to get more precise with those machines than you can with practically anything else. Yeah, well, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. If somebody said, hey, I need a picture frame and I need it to be perfect, the first thing I'd do is I'd blow through 70 or $80 worth of wood uh, on the CNC because it's very wasteful to do it that way. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, instead of connecting $3 worth of, you know, walnut to make a nice big frame. But no, yeah. it's... You it's have just, the CNC. Yeah, Joel, true. <laughs> I, I did an entire video on how you can do perfect miters with just a jigsaw, just so you know. Okay, <sighs> how did I miss that? I don't know, but you should because look it up. Because mine, mine on a regular saw look a lot like a jigsaw. That's <laughs> <laughs> so. awesome. Yeah, see, every, every picture frame I've ever made, uh, my wife always goes, it's amazing how good you get that with your teeth. yeah it's like no that was the that was the saw that i spent four hundred dollars on that's that's, that she's like that's what mike you need to hang that over your garage beaver woodworking (laughs) oh god (laughs) there's no way that's happening so i just can't understand what our with this podcast fascination with furry rodent like things is Raccoons, beavers, just, just fletching. Is that the term that we agreed we'd never gonna say again? Flesh fleshing. Fleshing. Oh I believe fletching it has arrows. to do with arrows. Yeah, Joel knows. Oh, of course. 
Of course, you two know that. By the way, and, and Jesse, I was going to tell you, I uh, I actually went to Itzhak, uh, an Itzhak Perlman concert, and I met him. Home. I did. I met him. He it was it was it was a fantastic concert. I'm so jealous. I've never seen him play. It is amazing. You're like you actually. I almost made a very insensitive comment about polio when you said you wanted to be more like him, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, it's a good thing you didn't bring it up at all. Oh, yeah, yeah, thank God I didn't. I missed oh, that one. Oh, God. <laughs> this is, this oh, is what God. happens on your fourth try. That's right. <laughs> it starts, starts getting sideways real fast. Oh, God. I can already see the lawyers, and we don't even have any. <laughs> so, but um, <laughs> Our lawyers sue us. Yeah. Why wouldn't we? we deserve it. So, so what yeah, were we talking? We were talking about perfection, right? We no, well, no. We, we were talking about what were we so talking about? The idea of the uh, where, where that came from. For those of you that didn't hear the first four tries, the um, it, so we were just kind of talking about sort of the um, in twenty five minutes into the podcast, we're going to review the topic now because you know I'm such a great host. <laughs> so, but yeah, we were um, we were talking about uh, not perfection, but just you know things that you mistakes that you made kind of starting off things that you if you could do things a little bit different what would those things be um that kind of went off uh into sort of a tangent about you know being perfect and trying to you know just always have the best thing and 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 sort of all that and to some extent that was very crippling so that's kind of how we ended up here but the the base idea for sort of our discussion and what brought us all together was what are some of the things that you know um, if you could redo things or do things over again, um, what what practices could have got you here quicker? Could have made this better for you? You know, just and like I said, um, you know, I don't like to use the word regrets, but what, what regrets do you have? You know, that that kind of um, you know might have made things easier for you along the way. And, and for Jesse, you know, it's a, a good thing because she's just started doing this, so that that road for her isn't much, you know, isn't far to to travel back along. So. But that's that's kind of how we got here. <laughs> so. Yeah, I you know it's it's funny that we're talking about this because really for me and this is I'm being dead serious. I'm not I'm not trying to make a joke out of it. Um, when I first started out in into the uh, world of rustic furniture and the woodworking side of what my my career, um, the professional you know uh, side of it, I spent a lot of time trying to be too perfect. And, uh, that was really my, one of my biggest flaws was trying to get everything just perfect before I did anything with it. And that was, there was, it was, um, a very rough lesson and a hard lesson to learn when I, when I was getting going is that I just wanted the whole world to think that I was this great woodworker. And, you know, I mean, I've granted, I've been doing, I've been around this since I was a young man. I'm a fifth generation, you know, um, craftsman, but, I wasn't <laughs> and I was worrying too much about perfection and worrying less about the art of what I was doing and more about the technical side of what I was doing and more about the personality, you know, not, not worrying enough about the personality and the business side of what I was doing. And, um, so that was a huge uh, hurdle for me when I first got started was is it's so easy to get caught up in and, uh, I, you know, just don't do it you know, get, just come up with this great idea. Like uh, Thoreau says, you know, put your castles in the air and then build a foundation under them. You know, start with this great idea, throw it out there and then, you know, tune it from there. So that was probably my hardest, my hardest lesson. That guy was high as balls when he said that. <laughs> so, I don't care. It's, that... It still sounds good, doesn't it though? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that's, you gotta be, you gotta be tripping on some good stuff to, uh, to come up with that idea. That's um, I'm actually fortunate in that regard. My father's a, a you know general contractor, and for him, it doesn't have to be perfect; just got to be done. You know, so it's not because nobody's walking in behind you with a level and a square and a, you know just we we got to get this job done and it's got to be right. You, you know, you can't half-ass anything, but get this job done so we can move on to the next one. So it doesn't have to be perfect; just got to be done. So I I, uh, I started with that kind of lesson in life because I worked for him when I was um, you know. I don't want to have the cops come into him. I think the statute of limitations is old, but I was like 12 years old back when I had my first job with him and was carrying shingles up ladders for him at 15, 16 years old. <laughs> so, um, which I'm sure OSHA would shut him down for in a heartbeat if 
that was a thing right now, but they, uh, yeah, that, that, that was just never his thing. He didn't care about perfect. He just, it's, let's finish this up. We got other places to be. So, and there's a lot to be said for that type of attitude. My old man's a really successful guy, like, and, and he lives a happy life, which, uh, you know, so perfection hasn't run him down <laughs> at all. No, but, no, it's a matter so, uh, of just get it done. I like that attitude. Now, uh, Jesse, just, uh, and again, we're going to pretend we haven't had this conversation before, but um, what were you doing before the whole maker kind of experience? Oh, do I finally get to introduce myself now, 30 minutes in? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just filling time. <laughs> it's okay, like you said, this will never air. Um, <laughs> Uh, we we tried so hard. We we really did. You know the Again, truth so is, Jesse. We we just love your conversation so much. We kept kiboshing the podcast right at the end of them, so we got to spend all this time with you. That's what it's been. So. I never uh, even hit record. Shucks. Yeah, we just <laughs> we're just talking for talking sake. Yeah, we're just hanging out. Um. So I I don't. But yeah, go ahead. Please, uh, your, your intro. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, I, I have no, no history of building or contracting or furniture making or anything of the sort, really. Um, my, my, first, my first job, well, if you don't count running a daycare, was uh, actually uh, playing in an orchestra. And then my second job was working at a library. And I actually worked in libraries for 11 years. I spent 16 years in the service industry. Um, I used to teach special ed at a high school. And yes, I did drive the short bus. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> the attorneys. She's so special. I had to get a special, like so. take a special driving test to drive that bus. It was nerve wracking. They're like, yeah, just uh, reverse down, you know, between these these two lines of traffic cones. For like, I don't know, 17 miles without using your mirrors. And I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. Um, so but, so you've yeah. been, you're, you're, you're building on your experience, literally. Is, is basically what you're wow. <laughs> um, I, like, I, I like how you focused on the fact that the driving and the testing was an issue. But like you glossed over the fact that you were part of an orchestra. <laughs> You know, like, uh, like, yeah, so I did this thing with these other, you know, 63 people, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I did that for a bit. I played in several different orchestras and I had a chance to be part of um, a chamber music group that toured through Italy um, a couple different summers. But, um, you know, I also worked at a lumber mill, so there's that. At the same time, or was that <laughs> no? How many violins did you break? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be amazed what you can, how many violins you can get out of one log. That's right. No, but like I said, I, I, I or maybe I didn't say it on this episode. I can't remember which episode I said, I said it on. But uh, I don't ever want to be an expert at anything, and maybe that's just because I never felt like I was good enough. But I think that it also. It's kind of cool because if I'm never an expert, I don't spend any, you know, too much time on one thing. I like to try a lot of different things. And, you know, when, when you get the opportunity for, you know, for someone like me who my main uh, background is in um, classical music, libraries, and the service industry, when someone offers you a six-month job at a lumber mill, you say, yes, please. And uh, you know what? It was probably my favorite job ever. It was amazing. The lumber mill? Yeah, it's just, you know, you, you're out there as soon as it get light gets light, and you're there until it gets dark, and you work hard all day, and at the end of the day, you pass out with your boots on because you're so tired. and It's pretty awesome. Those are good days. It's probably, it's probably not as much fun as passing out with a violin. <laughs> that's going to be kind of aggravating, but... Well, that's a the, little more um, dangerous. So you're, they are fragile, and I, I will say that uh, at one point in time, my brother, who rename, remained nameless, although his name is Ben, once stepped on my violin. Oh. He's still here? He's, he's living. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I did set it on the floor, so. 
Oh, gotcha. You think well, that was a passive aggressive moment or just an act of clumsiness? For for him or for me? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I imagine there would be some aggression at some point. If, if hey, not for nothing, but if you're going to tell the story about how he stepped on your violin, <laughs> I've got. <laughs> So, Ben, I don't know if you're listening, but even after all these years, I still cry. If you could cry a little bit, that would make this podcast. (laughs) I mean, we don't sell tickets, but I'm sure we could. (laughs) Oh, I don't. I'm perfectly okay exploiting your emotion for listens, like for downloads. That's there's just, I have no problem with that. I wish I was a better person. I'm just not. And on this episode, three grown men make a little girl cry. <laughs> not a chance. Not a chance. We Jesse, made Izzy cry like two episodes ago. Oh, like not, that's difficult. He's a big baby. Was, oh, shut up. There's not a man in this room that you couldn't make cry, Jesse. <laughs> that is one of my specialties. Yes. Well, actually, I didn't want to say anything, but the uh, some of her some of her language is the reason we couldn't air the other ones. We've had to start over. So. I've been trying so hard. <laughs> Just kidding. Just yeah, kidding. You'd, you'd think that one of her past professions was a sailor. <laughs> well, you know, restaurant kitchens. You learn a lot oh, there. Yeah. Is that as chaotic and hectic as it, as it seems like? Because I mean, one of the things I think about with that is. From what I can tell from all the help wanted signs, the turnover is pretty high. It doesn't look like they pay a lot of money. They're all around really sharp and hot things. And it looks like it's 100 miles an hour the whole time. So, I mean, is that my perception of that pretty accurate or did I miss something? Yes, it is. Um, The restaurant that I worked at for (laughs) 13 years, um, it's a very, very popular restaurant um, from where I'm from in California. And uh, just every night, just crazy it's hot in the kitchen everyone's yelling at each other you know tickets are getting lost people are complaining it's just madness every single night i miss it do you ever watch that john taffer show on uh spike and like just just start to cry in your own like <laughs> just sitting there does that ever does, i, I that haven't ever watched that one particularly um although I, you know i have watched some restaurant shows um but if you if you ever want to know what it's like in a kitchen, watch the movie Dinner Rush. It is an amazing movie that got everything right. You're welcome. I uh, I saw Waiting on Comedy Central once, and I, I just hoped that that got nothing right. <laughs> <laughs> well, because... part of that depends on what kind of restaurant you work in. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd no, rather not I th- think about that. I think that. they pretty much, you know, the phrase in the weeds. I think that was a restaurant inspired um, because it's, it's, it's actually a kind of a technical term because you'll, you'll yell like I'm in the weeds. And that means who's ever free for a second or that, that half second can give you a hand for a couple of things. Or if somebody's got orders mixed up or something, it gets hectic in the restaurant business. You get, you get, you know, everyone wants to eat at the same time, those bastards. And uh, and they all come through the door at the same time. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, – well, you had some uh, experience in the restaurant business we learned from one of our other six tries um, before you got into the whole woodworking thing, right, Joel? Yeah, I grew up in a restaurant. My parents owned a restaurant. Um, it's a little burger joint in a in – a, kind of vacationy place in uh in wisconsin and uh you know it's it's one of those uh it was awesome i started working at age 12 and uh i washed dishes on the weekends and by the time i was 14 i was you know running the kitchen by the time i was 15 i was managing employees um you get a really quick lesson when you're you know when you're literally making the money that you're going to survive on my parents were very good at instilling um, that kind of entrepreneurial spirit of, you know, you have to do well, you have to do it well enough that you can earn a living to it so that one day you don't have to do it at all. And, uh, and it was, it was fun. It was, I wouldn't trade those times in my life. I probably had the most fun in any of my uh, career as as being a kid in that situation because it was always it was cool because you get to hang out with people for a second and then when the rush came then it was in just a great high of energy and movement even when things were going badly all your 
you know, you're putting out fires, sometimes literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a lot of fun. And then I worked in other restaurants um, in management. And it was, uh, it's it's a cool industry, which also is why I'm not in it, because it is, it's, it'll kill you. It's, it is a long hours, um, little appreciation and, and a lot of mental and physical taxing and crazy so, hours. Cra- hours. Yeah. It can get yeah. crazy hours. I mean, you have basically no personal life outside of the restaurant industry when you work those kind of hours. Well, the restaurant industry, I mean, it's, it, it's not so like, if that's what you do, then that is your culture. You know, you're yeah. you're up late every night. Everyone you hang out with works in a restaurant or a bar. Like that, that becomes your culture. And uh, I think my favorite thing about working in a restaurant is that the job itself is not difficult, but doing that job well is really difficult. And you know, that's when um, when I would train people, I'd always tell them that it's like this job is not difficult. You take the order, you go back, you send the order, you bring the food out, and you make sure everything is good, everyone's happy. But doing all those things that seem so simple, uh, fast and efficient, and you know, m- not making people hate you and not hating people, those are all the difficult things. And so every night is the same thing, but just with a little tweak on it. And so it's like every time, every night you have a chance to do it better than the night before. And that's one of the things that I actually miss about that is, um, you know, it's like perfecting your craft. I I took a lot of pride in, in working in restaurants, which I think that not everyone does. And it's a shame because it, it can be a really great job. And if, if just like anything else, if you treat it as something that in which you take pride, then people will notice and they'll respond to that. Yeah. That's a quality though. That's, that's not just, I mean, that's just job agnostic, that. right? I mean, that's yeah. not, that's either a quality you have or you don't like, so whether, mm-hmm. whether that's, you know, you're, you don't carry that into the restaurant. I mean, that just kind of follows you. Yeah. Mike, I was going to say the same thing. You know, I'm, that's just something that uh, it's a personality trait. You know, you either are going to be good at what you, you're going to do or try to do the best at what you do, or you're just not no matter where you go. Yeah. See, I don't have an inner voice. I, I can actually, you know, my, I have my father's voice when I, anytime I try to cut corners, I can hear him, uh, you know, judging me. <laughs> you know, like, um, I have somebody I, just I've, like that too. <laughs> yeah. I've said, <laughs> I've said on this podcast and uh, I think actually one of the ones that aired, um, not just all the ones that have gone into the black hole, of the internet, but the, um, he, he always said, you know, there's always time to do things right the second time. You know, you, you'll make time if you screw it up the first time. So you might as well just make the time and do it right, the, you know, the first time. You know what I mean? It's basically because otherwise, you know, what are you doing? So, um, but yeah, that 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 trait is, you know, what is it? They say uh, character is what you do when no one else is watching mm-hmm. or when you do the right thing when no one else is watching or yep. I don't know, whatever else you see on a bumper sticker. That, that's, I mean, that's, you know, you either have that quality and you take that with you to whatever job you're doing or you don't. I mean, it's just, it's either there or it isn't. Yeah. So. It's good. My grandfather used to say something similar. He said, live your life like everything you do is on a billboard for everyone to see. Yes. Um, I, who's the, oh God, I just heard this. I can't remember what I was listening to at the time. But somebody was like, you know, you, you, you pretend you're the um, star in your own movie. And that's basically the way, you know, he was talking about living his, I think it might've even been like uh, another, like Joe Rogan or somebody on one of his podcasts. Um, yeah, you know, he was just said, you know, live live your life like it's your own movie. I mean, for for some of you guys that do YouTube and stuff, I mean, <clears throat> it very literally is because <laughs> you because you're, you're uh, only for you're ten minutes, it. only for ten minutes once or twice a week. So <laughs> sounds you like know, something else in my life. You know what my father said? <laughs> uh, my father told me uh, something, and I think it was uh, Jesus Joel. If you're going to fall asleep on the couch, put some put some underwear out. <laughs> uh, I think that was that was some pertinent advice. <laughs> That's a, especially if the couch is in a rooms to go and you haven't purchased it right. yet. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's so comfy. So look at the microfiber. <laughs> oh no. Oh god. I just threw up. <clears throat> it's it's terrible though because you know corduroy and then you have to check to see if the stripes are actually there. <laughs> 
Uh, no, no restaurant no. restaurant industry is great because, <laughs> and, and I know we're going off. Of <laughs> Good segue. There's yeah. no way that <laughs> it's just it's not even possible. It just took place. Yeah. So, That's my uh, new favorite thing ever. I, we don't this is the last podcast we're ever gonna do. I hope it's recording because I, I there's <laughs> no one that's gonna believe that it just happened. <laughs> oh god. I don't even know where we go from here. <laughs> this is just <laughs> Disneyland, man. We all go to Disneyland. Oh, this that was fantastic. Right <laughs> Restaurant business. Well, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's you, you have to keep moving. Even, even with stripes on your ass. Even um, on the corduroy. Even on the corduroy. No, there's, I was going to say the restaurant business is a lot of fun. It could be very addicting. There are restaurants that, uh, if you're in a big enough city where they, their patrons are other restaurant people because they'll stay open late or, you know, everybody's getting off like, you know, after dinner rush is done and, and post prep and everything else is done, you know, maybe the service ends at 11, 12 or, or one o'clock or whatever time it's done. The other restaurants will just start getting busy because a, they're good chefs that work there or good people that work there or, you know, the drinks are cheap. And then, so you'll go and kill, you know, the next two hours and you'll hang out with everybody else that works in the restaurant industry. Um, and you'll get to kind of know how things run around town. And it's kind of one of those crazy, you know, I guess kind of crazy worker cultures. And I imagine that there's, you know, there are bars that are dedicated to firemen, you know, there's, there's all sorts of different social, um, you know, clicks or organizations for your particular, um, your particular job. And so that's one of the things that defines us. You know, you said it was, I don't remember if it's this podcast or the seven other that we did where you said, you know, like the third thing people ask you is what do you do? And it's a defining factor. You know, you say, hi, my name's Joel. I'm, you know, 39, I'm 40. Uh, you know, I'm also a woodworker. And so there's, there's each, each genre of work that you do, you have, um, you have people that you get to hang out with and cool that we have this great, you know, bunch of folks that we hang out with, um, that are all makers because they, and it's nice because they can kind of get our ideas and think about it. I tell some people my ideas of what I do and how I do it. And they're like, how do you even start with that? And I said, I have no idea how I started, but I'm here now. Mm-hmm. So I have a, um, I have a question, not restaurant related, but, um, just, uh, s- spontaneous pop it on. You may have an answer. You may not. Neither way is okay. But, uh, so, and, and we'll start with, um, with you, Izzy, just by, we're about halfway through the year now. Um, by the end of this year, beginning of next, where do you hope to be? What do you see yourself doing? If anything different at all? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, yes, it is. Yeah, well, a lot of things are going to change for me over the next six months. And, and uh, I'm hoping that a couple of things that I'm working on on the side will solidify and uh, they'll start happening quickly. Uh, I see myself putting out a lot more content. This first half of the year has been a really strange and kind of ambiguous year for me. Uh, so uh, going through a few things now that I'm hoping will be the end of that strange and ambiguity and uh, be able to start back up on a lot of the stuff I've been planning for the first half of the year. And then uh, a few surprises for everyone. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that all plays out. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much more I can be vague about the rest of my year, but I tried to be. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and you don't, and, and you know, you guys are always working on things that, you know, are kind of in the works for lack of a better term and, yeah. Sorry you know, for anybody's uh, head just popped off when I said that. But yeah, just so no, you don't have to be very specific. I'm just. You know, uh, things you know, I can discuss, you know, things I can discuss is I was looking at uh, starting a tiny home uh, business with, a, a, an, a, I guess, an old business partner from back in the furniture days. And um, that's kind of been put on hold, you know, or ice for rather, for lack of a better term for now, um, just because of other, other incidences that have come up. And that's one of the things that's always hard 
when you, especially when you have seven kids and a family and 20 things going on is to put out in the world what's happening next, because God's honest truth is, is I don't really know most of the time what's happening next. I'm planning and one of those plans will come to fruition. And, um, you know, when they do, everybody will know about the same time I do. So, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, let's see here. Jesse. Yes. Same question for you. Um, uh, I'm hoping that by the beginning of next year, I will have some ideas, like a list of ideas, because generally I have an idea and then I make it and then I put a video out and then I think for another month and that is not going to fly. So what I'm working on right now is just trying to, um, trying to fill my mind with ideas. Basically, I'm just everywhere I go, everything I look at, I'm just filing things away. Like, do I like this thing? Could I make it better? It's a, it's a fun little game we play. Um, but yeah, I, as far as I know, I'll still be living on the East coast. Um, I say as far as I know, because I really don't know. Absolutely. I, the whole plan for me moving out to Boston was to be there for at least a year. And so now it's been two years. So anything could change at any moment. I know that, uh, Ben has been looking at a lot of different maker spaces. And so if one of those happens to not be in Boston, then I may end up wherever that is, mm-hmm. which is fine for me. I'm very nomadic anyways. I've spent a lot of the year just driving back and forth across the country. <laughs> Well, and those experiences, I mean, they're good for creativity. I mean, the more you can be around, the more you see, the more your mind wants to do other things. You know, you- Exactly. And I, I also um, just meeting people through the Facebook group, from going to woodworking shows. I've been able to meet so many amazing people. And um, uh, this last trip that I did uh, driving from the East Coast to the West Coast, uh, I, I got to stop and meet up with a few of these people and stay for a while and see shops. And, um, you know, I, I got to see a lot of really amazing things and I'm hoping at some point that I can make a trip. That's just, it's based on going to different people's shops and making something with them. Um, or even just watching them make something because there's so much to learn and everyone has a slightly different way of doing things and everyone has a certain style and, I just I get excited to think that I can just go wherever I want and meet people and learn new things. That's really cool. Yeah, that, well, hey, if you're in uh, in the Charlotte area, let me know you're going to be down here. I've got uh, very little in terms of tools, even less in terms of uh, wood. But and I, I just really want the opportunity to tell my wife that uh, hey, this lady I met on the internet is coming by to <laughs> play in the shop for a little while. <laughs> You have no idea how much fun I have with that with my mom. She'd be like, where are you now? It's like, uh, I'm staying in uh, Illinois with some guy I met on the internet. She's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. well, His name is Andy Berkey. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny because when we had this, uh, we, when we had the maker meetup down in Georgia, it seems like 10 years ago at this point, but it was, you know, I was telling all my friends and I was like, um, I said, yeah, I'm going to meet these guys, you know, I've been friends with online for, you know, two years now. And uh, they're like, what did you just say? I'm like, yeah, they're just, uh, I was like, these guys, we've been, you know, we just, we're in this group online and, you know, we kind of just, uh, you know, we we chat. I said, I know so much about all these guys. It's going to be like meeting my best friends for the first time, you know, and it's just uh, people, they, they, they have absolutely no idea what you mean by that. Like it's, it it isn't strange at all for me to say, hey, I'm just going to get in the car and go drive somewhere to you know see somebody and just hang out for the day. Um, you know, some random dude who you know he's glass blower, welder, you know, some he likes to whittle. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know people just think like, wow, you're just going to go run out and meet some random you know stranger that you met online. You're like, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Right. So it's <laughs> it really was. I mean, yeah, you know, I met Izzy at a bottle of wild turkey and uh, gave me a big giant hug and kiss. I mean, you know, that's that's worth the trip right there. So, <laughs> but um, Joel, what uh, what do your what do you you've had the most time to think about it? Your answer should be the most profound. I think I'm going to take up whittling. Oh. <laughs> I'll drive back down to see you. Excellent, excellent. Uh, no, uh, you know what? This year is a um, 
is is a continuation of building really cool stuff and seeing who I can get to buy it. And I I um I want to get better at what we do and I want to have more fun doing it. And I don't have a I don't have a goal that's grandiose. It's it's literally just being a better person and and better at what I do. That's a great goal. Yeah, it doesn't suck, and you know, it's probably not that hard to obtain. Well, so. yeah, but look what you're working with, you know. Fair. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a pretty darn big goal there, sir. Yeah, well, I was just, you know, I was trying to be, uh, I know that, that um, Jess is good with big words. I don't know if you have one here, but um, what would be a, a term for being nice, you know, but like a bigger word. A bigger word for nice? Nothing. Nicer? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Nicerest. Everybody had big words in the first four episodes that aren't recorded. Now all of a sudden, the the thesaurus is closed. I don't know any big words. Just make, I want to make that clear. I've always thought it was ironic that there's no other word for thesaurus. (laughs) You, You think that somebody would have thought of one by now, but that's... Apparently not not bothering anybody. And yet there but, are um, other words for dictionary. Seems like a shame. No, that I didn't know that was true either. So I might be wrong about the thesaurus thing. I might just not be smart enough. But um, well, listen, we managed to. This is our third hour. <laughs> <laughs> so we we managed to put together a third podcast. Um, so uh, I guess we're coming to the end of things. Let's just uh, really quickly go around the room. Uh, where can people find it? Jess, we'll start with you um, since, you know, that's the polite thing to do. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, where can folks find you? How do they get in touch with you? Where do you want them to see you? All um, that stuff. You can find me on YouTube at iJessup and Instagram, iJessup. Yep, that's it. Oh, I'm also, um, I have a few videos on uh, my brother's channel, which is Homemade Modern, which I'm sure at least one of you has heard of. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, hasn't rang a bell yet. No. Mm -mm. Oh, maybe I'll check it out after. (laughs) He could use the traffic. um, Thank you. Mr. Mr. Swan. Uh, uh, You can find me on YouTube. Izzy Swan or uh, my website, Izzy Swan or Instagram, Izzy Swan underscore woodworking. Nice. Joel, give me the goods. Uh, You can find me usually on posters at the post office. Um, But besides besides that, you can follow my Instagram, which is uh, uh, MD Woodshop. Yes, yes. Well, you can find me with the Maybe podcast. Um, we are on all the social media places, the Twitter, the Instagram, and the Facebook, at Maybe Podcast. Uh, we have a website at MaybeI'veSaidToMuch.com. Um, hit us up with some comments, questions. Rate us uh, on iTunes. Yes, please please leave a five-star rating on iTunes. Um, if you want to rate four stars, then go rate somebody else's. I'm not interested in your feedback. Uh, five stars only. So uh, if you uh, if you have an opportunity, go click on the the, the digits over there. Leave some good words. Um, if you have any critical comments or feedback, don't leave them on the reviews. Goofballs, send them to us where I can read them and respond to them. Not or to see them. You, or ignore them or something. But yeah. So um, and uh, I'll just say right up front, apologize for the random nature of this show. Um, this is very literally the third time we're trying to do this. I'm sorry. I, I don't, this, I'm not apologizing. Cause that I, is not a joke that actually happened, but, yeah. uh, I, I think it turned out better than what we were trying to do the first two or three times anyway. So yeah. Did you yeah. just say you have to be upfront? You know, this is the end of the show, right? Yes. He's, he's getting okay. up front of our fourth. Up front of the extra. Yes. I'm, I'm being, well, we're not doing an intro this time. So I just, you know, why not just lay it on them? If they didn't understand it from the, from the podcast, then, then maybe we do give our audience too much credit. <laughs> this is the first one we didn't try to get perfect. And it was the best one so far. Oh, oh he's so butthurt. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, listen, thanks everybody. Uh, Jesse, thank you so much for your patience and, 
thank you for being such a good sport and talking about the same topics over and over and over again. And yeah, <laughs> we really appreciate you spending the time with us. Um, uh, yeah, Izzy's got it. Um, yeah, Izzy? Izzy, Izzy's got the check. Oh, yeah, Izzy's, hold Izzy's got the check. Don't hold your breath. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I pay every year, once a year. <laughs> it gets really hard to come up with ideas if you're, you know, oxygen deprived. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't go holding the breath. But, um, but yeah, thanks everybody for stopping by. We really appreciate everything. And uh, like I said, find us on all the stuff. Send us your comments. Send us your good things. Uh, and uh, please leave us some reviews on iTunes. That helps us out tremendously. So until the next episode, adieu. Hey, hey um, Izzy. Jesse. Hey, hey, hey Izzy. What, what? Uh, hashtag corduroy butt. Oh, nice. <laughs> Jesse, when you were working at the sawmill, did you ever plank across the forklift teeth? <laughs> no, because I'm a professional. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> but I definitely thought about it. Oh, okay. See, I knew it. Oh, you too, and your inside jokes. <laughs> 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 Goodbye, right, everybody. everybody.